For weeks now, we have been reading from the gospel according to St. Matthew. We're going to continue reading from that gospel today in chapter 25, the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, if you will turn in your Bibles there with us. But before we read that part of the gospel of Matthew, we have been every Sunday reading from what Jesus said back in chapter 5 when he told his disciples they were the light of the world. Now, I have been reading it to you each week. Today, I'm not going to do that. Today, we're going to read it together, all right? I want us all to read it. This is so important. Remember, you are the light of the world. So, let's read it. It will come eventually. See, I told you. Have faith. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others. Wendy Belt told me, well, there is a gift you must give. You know, we've been giving you gifts. Last night, one of the guys said, you're giving us another one? My pocket's already full. Well, you don't have to put this in your pocket. You put it on your hand. So the ushers are coming, and they've got a gift for you, and I just broke mine, so be careful. They're, they're fragile. So when you get it, there is a rubber band supposedly on it. You have to take that rubber band and pull it. It's, it's around it. Pull it back around so it's like a ring. And then it goes on your finger, and then you turn it on. This is a finger flashlight, what everybody has always needed, right? Right, a finger flashlight. You remember? Some of you remember. They, I don't know if they do this anymore. When I was a child, we would sing in Sunday school a song, and we'd hold up our finger... And so we'd hold our finger, this little light of mine, I'm going to... You remember that some of you did that. I'm not the only one that sang that song in Sunday school. So, uh, so you know, put your, put your light on. Let's all hold our lights up. We're, who's the light of the world? What did the Scriptures say? Who's the light of the world? It didn't say Jesus is the light of the world. You are. We are the light of the world, okay? So let's see your lights. Let's let our light shine. Now, aren't you glad you came to church today? You did not know you were going... How many of you knew there were such things as finger flashlights? Thank you, Wendy, for telling us about finger flashlights. So, so you know, at nighttime... At nighttime, just sleep with it on your finger, and then when you wake up in the night, you can turn it on, and you won't be afraid of the dark. I don't know what purpose a finger flashlight is. I think they're probably fun to play around with if you're a kid in the dark. You know, swing your arms around, make all... Okay. The point is, of course, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. How do you let your light shine and make a difference? He says that we are to let our light shine before others so they will see. What are they going to see? 
They will see our good deeds and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. We're the light of the world. Last week, last week, Carrie talked to us about these words of Jesus. We keep hearing this same theme all through this book. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has come. If you have entered the kingdom, then let your light shine so other people will enter the kingdom as well. Otherwise, they're not even going to know the kingdom has come. So she read to us Jesus' words, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Serving, do your good deeds, serve people. Don't live a selfish life. That is the way of rebellion and darkness, not the way of the kingdom of heaven. So serve. We've talked, as we've talked, we've been talking about light a long time now, haven't we? But it's very important. So we started out talking about sharing our faith, and now we're talking about, about showing the love of God, the compassion of God to people in our world. Jesus said, we read this just a couple of weeks ago, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Well, the scripture we're going to talk about comes from Matthew chapter 25. It starts off, Jesus is the one that's talking, the whole chapter 25. It starts off with the parable of the ten virgins, which is all about you got to be ready because now is the time to be ready and enter the kingdom of heaven. Someday it's going to be too late to change your mind. We read several weeks ago from the, the next parable in chapter 25, and that next chapter was all about the talents. Remember, talents aren't abilities. Talents is a weight of money, and a talent was I forget, a million, was it a million, $340,000? It was a lot of money, whatever it was. But the, the message was, there is going to be an accounting time come. Well, today, what we're going to read is Jesus talking about the last judgment. Everybody's favorite topic, isn't it? I want to show you some pictures. This first picture is a picture of a church that is called, in case you care, Santa Apollinaire Nuovo. It is one of the oldest churches that is used as a church. It was built in 495. Most churches that have been built around that time aren't in existence anymore. Uh, you can imagine why. A lot of them aren't. And churches that are older than that, most of them are not in existence. But this is one of, it's not the oldest church that is still used as a church, but it's one of the oldest. And so it was built in 495. It was actually on the palace grounds of the Roman emperor at the time, the Western Roman emperor. Let's look at the next picture. Inside the church are these very ancient mosaics that are very beautiful. They're little bitty pieces of glass that are, that are put up to show truth to the people who come to worship. And so, all the way down this side of uh, the church, there are mosaics that uh, start up, oh, I don't know, the height of those side arches, 
I, I don't know how high it is. They start up and then go clear up to the ceiling, and the same on the, on the other side. Now, on, on this side, let's see the next picture. On this side, the, up at the very top, <clears throat> right against the roof, you can see the rafters there. Right up against the roof, there are smaller pictures, smaller pictures up there, <clears throat> but they're so far away, they, look, they do look small when you're looking up at them. And that is a picture of all of the Scripture readings that were read during, uh, during Sundays in Lent. And so it's, it's stories of Jesus' life. And along this wall, up at the top, the same size pictures are pictures from Jesus' life in Holy Week. So you can look down, and you, if you know the story of Holy Week, you can see, oh, there, 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 that's what's happening, that's what's happening. And over here, if you know the Gospels, you can look down and you can tell all of the stories. So it's all of these events from Jesus' life. And then I came to this one, and so I asked the person with me, what's that? Oh, that's when Jesus was teaching. It's not an event in Jesus' life. It is about one of His teachings. When Jesus taught about dividing the sheep and the goats. The sheep and the goats. So you see Jesus there in, sitting in the middle on the throne, and the sheep are on His right hand, and the goats are on His left hand. And so that's the gospel reading that we're going to be reading today. So would you join with me? Let us read, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man, remember Jesus is talking, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say, to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, it wasn't prepared for the goats. But something has to happen with them. So that's where they're heading. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. 
I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Judgment. It's not everybody's favorite topic. I just want to remind you, though, I want to remind you, if you have done what Jesus said, repented and believed the good news, you've denied yourself, taken up your cross and followed Him, then you're a sheep and you don't have to worry about the judgment. It's not a scary thing. It is the time when evil is no longer able to compete with the kingdom of heaven. It is good news. However, if you are a goat, a rebel, someone who says, I'm not going to follow Jesus, deny myself, I don't trust him to take care of me, I've got to do it, I'm going to get what I want, then yeah, the judgment story is not good news at all. Paul told us when he was writing to the people in Thessalonica, he said, encourage one another with these words. So are you encouraged? These words are to be encouraging words, certainly for all who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not frightening, scaring, bad words. They're part of the good news. The good news that the kingdom, you maybe can't see the kingdom today. You look around the world and say, it doesn't look much like the kingdom. Remember Jesus' parable of the leaven and the mustard seed? We talked about those one Sunday as back a few weeks ago. It's coming, it's there, and it's acting, and it's growing just as surely as yeast causes dough to grow. And one day, one day, all that opposes it will be removed. So judgment a lot of times Americans don't think about the judgment too much. But that's not the way it's always been. I want to show you some pictures of some churches. <clears throat> so this is over the main door of a medieval church. A lot of, there aren't too many medieval churches in America. Did you know that? But if you go where there are lots of medieval churches, this is what is over many of the doors. It is the last judgment. So you walk to church and the first thing you see, and you're supposed to remember it, is you are going to face judgment. So pay attention. This is important. What happens here is not just, oh, well, you know, we kind of do this on Sunday mornings. No, it is. This is very important. Pay attention. So you can see Jesus is sitting there in the middle on the throne. On his right are the sheep, the righteous. 
On his left are the goats, and if you could see it better, I do know it's in the shadow, so it's kind of hard to see it, but if you could see it better, you could see there's a lot, some violence and stuff going on over here, because that's what goats do. People who are not denying themselves, but instead are out to get what they want, they tend to be selfish, violent, unkind people. And then down here in the lower corner here on this side, you can see the devil sitting right there in the middle with this crazy hairdo going on. And if you could really see it well, you'd see the demons are torturing the people who, who have been the goats. And uh, I don't know, in the Middle Ages, they all figured, the Bible doesn't say what's going to really happen. People are going to gnash teeth. That's about all it says. But, it, but in the Middle Ages, they really liked to, uh, to, to portray in graphic ways demons torturing people who have gone to hell because they wanted you to be sure you knew you didn't want to go there. Let's look at the next picture. This one's a lot prettier, don't you think? Yeah, it doesn't look quite as, as frightening as, as the one. So Christ is on his heavenly throne, and on the one side is Mary, on the other side is John the Baptist. And down here, here are the sheep, and they look like they're happy. Good things are happening. The two angels, they're blowing the last trumpet. You know, the Bible says, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. And so, so they're blowing the trumpet. Over here, these people... These are the goats. They're covering their heads. They don't want to be seen. They, they, don't, they don't want what's coming. Let's look at one more picture. Now, this is the inside. This is the inside. And so, for the whole service, the, the altar is right below Jesus there. And the whole service, you look at the last judgment. No matter what the gospel is, Every service in the church, you look at the last judgment. If you look right underneath Jesus, down there just above that uh, the place where the windows are, there it looks like there's little boxes. Those are sarcophagi. It's coffins. And the dead are coming to life and are pushing the lids up and are coming out because it's the resurrection. So, so they're coming out. Over here, most of them all cut off are the righteous, the ones that Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. And above them are the apostles and the patriarchs, and then above them are the angels in heaven. Over here are the goats. And there is uh, right in the middle a rather ugly Satan who's biting somebody's head off right now. Um, just in case you're not sure whether you really want to go to heaven or not, be a part of the kingdom of heaven. So, and, and there are demons torturing people and doing all kinds of unpleasant things to them over here on this side. And so if you went there for a service, that is what you sat in. Well, they often didn't sit. That is what you stood and looked at all the way through the service while it went on. This is not a kind of take-it-or-leave-it sort of teaching of Jesus. In fact, this is the last teaching before Holy Thursday. It starts, the next verse starts about the, uh, about the preparations, uh, about Judas, 
going to the high priest, about the preparations for the Passover, the whole thing. It just starts, this is the last teaching of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew until after his resurrection. It's important. You know, often the last thing is pay attention. This is the last thing. You know, you've heard that. So, it's very important. A lot of people don't like the last judgment. I told you, it's good news if you're a sheep, if you're following Jesus. It's good news. Some people say, well, I don't like that. I want everybody to go to heaven. So does God. Did you know that? The Bible says so. Peter wrote it. Peter said, he is not willing that any should perish. God wants everybody to be in the kingdom of heaven, but he knows that everybody is not going to be willing to turn from their self-centered lives, their rebellion against him, that there, some people are going to choose to be goats. He knows this. Doesn't please him at all. And of course it doesn't please us either. We don't want to be a goat, and we don't want anybody that we love to be a goat. Here's the truth of the matter. An awful lot of Americans have decided that everybody's going to go to heaven. When someone shares that bit of information with you, they're telling you, uh, what's the matter with you? You're old-fashioned. Quit being so unloving and uncaring. God is love. That means everybody's going to heaven. God is love. That means he's not going to let the kingdom of heaven be ruined by evil. God is going to pour out grace upon people. But the Bible shows very clearly that everyone is not going to receive his grace. And that is very sad. That's awful. But he doesn't make us love him. He didn't make you love him. And he doesn't make other people love him either. So, here's what... Here's what I would recommend you do. If somebody's saying, everybody's going to go to heaven, ask them, why is it that you believe that? You may say, well, the Bible doesn't say that. You know what often happens when you say that? Well, I don't believe the Bible. But I just want to know, where did they get the idea that there's a heaven in the first place? You see, that, that people are not consistent. I don't know if you've figured that out yet. We, we really do a poor job of thinking things through. We just decide we're going to believe what makes us feel good instead of listening to God's truth. I can be 100% convinced that everybody's going to go to heaven, but that doesn't make it happen. Just because I believe it doesn't mean it is true. God knows what's true, what's really real. 
and it doesn't, it's not up for a vote. And God says, I'm not willing to perish. You know why Peter wrote that? People were saying, why doesn't God come and deliver us? These Christians were being persecuted. All kinds of horrible things were happening to them. And they said, Peter, I thought the kingdom of heaven was coming. Why isn't God delivering us from all of this? There's people we know get thrown in jail. There's people we know are getting killed because they're, they're believing in Jesus. What's the deal? Why doesn't Jesus come back already? And he says, the reason is God's not willing that any should perish. And when Jesus comes back, people are going to perish. And God doesn't want them to. So he's patient. That's Peter's word. He's patient. He's given people time. But he's not saying, well, I guess I can't come because people didn't vote me in. No, it has nothing to do with the vote. He's going to come someday. At some point, he's going to say, enough is enough. And all that is in opposition is going to be removed. So judgment comes. So what, what is happening in this judgment? Here's the point of the whole story. The life of the kingdom of heaven is a life of mercy and compassion. People who live in the kingdom of heaven are compassionate, merciful people because they have denied themselves, taking up their cross, and followed Jesus. People who live in the kingdom of heaven are the light of the world because they do good deeds that others see, and then those people give glory to their Father in heaven. This isn't new news. Now that we got to Chapter 25, Jesus says, oh, by the way, I got one more thing to lay on you. All of this is all connected all the way through. I hope you've seen that as you're reading through the Gospel of Matthew. It's all interconnected. It, it, he, he might explain things more and more, but it's all the very same message from the beginning. Turn around. Don't keep living the way you're living because the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, this story does not mean if you want to go to heaven, start working at the soup kitchen, uh, uh, start visiting the jail, start taking care of this person and that person. No, we get to heaven by the mercy of Jesus Christ. He's the one who forgives our sin. But what he's saying here is, if you have turned and denied yourself and you're following Jesus, then compassion is what comes out of you. These people, the sheep, were surprised by what Jesus said. Did you notice? You did all this stuff for me, and they say, when? I have no memory of any of that. He said, it's when you did it to one of, of these brothers and sisters of mine. He says, when you were a compassionate person, because you were a kingdom of heaven kind of person, so instead of looking at what you want and your agenda and what you want to get done, you had eyes to see the people around you and to have mercy and compassion upon them. Other than, otherwise, the question would be very valid, how many times do I have to feed somebody to get into heaven? How many times do I have to 
visit somebody who's sick? How many times? No, that's not the point. It's not like you do enough and you'll get in. No, that's not the point at all. The point is, our actions, our deeds reveal, are we light or are we darkness? Does that make sense? You understand? That? Stand? It's, so it's, it's not like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the service right now and go out there and call some, call, call open door mission and start volunteering there so I'll go to heaven. No, I'm not saying don't volunteer at open door mission. I'm just saying that's not going to get you into heaven. Jesus gets us into heaven. But if we're following Jesus, then we live lives of compassion and mercy. That's just what comes out of us. That's what this light is all about. So, I want to share something, some words that were spoken by a woman who ended up probably, I think it's probably not probable, I think she was the most famous woman in the world when I was a young adult. Now, almost all of you will know who she is, but some of you were not alive uh, by the time that she died. So I'll tell a little bit about her. Her name was Agnes. Agnes felt God calling her. She was growing up in Macedonia. That's over in the Balkans. Felt God calling her to be a missionary in India. She was a Catholic, so she joined a, an order of nuns, went to India, and she taught school. Mostly the daughters of the wealthy. She was in Calcutta, and uh, I don't know what life is like in India today, but in those years, there was a very, very real class consciousness and division between classes. The very poor were extremely poor. The very poor, when they were dying, often there was no one to care for them. They were just left out on the street. You'd be going down the street, and there's somebody dying right there. Go a little bit further, there's somebody dying there. It, and God began to talk to Agnes, who when she entered, many of you already know who it is, when she entered the convent, um, she took a new name, that's typical, and the name she chose was Teresa. So one day, she had noticed all this, it was bothering her. She was going on a trip, she was on a train, and she heard God speak to her, and he said, you do something about those abandoned, dying people. So when she got back to Calcutta, she got permission to leave her order, <clears throat> and she began carrying, picking up those dying in the street and carrying them to a safe place where she would care for them so that they could die with some dignity as opposed to dying like garbage on the street. She, other people began to help her. They became known as the missionaries of charity. It's Mother Teresa. When I was a young adult, she got the Nobel Peace Prize and was known 
as an example of the compassion of God all over the world, all over the world. People knew her. Those of you who were old enough to know about this, you know this is very true, very true. So I want to share with you what she had to say about this teaching of Jesus we've read today. I never look at the masses as my responsibility. I look at the individual. I can love only one person at a time. I can feed only one person at a time. Just one. 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 You get closer to Christ by coming closer to each other, as Jesus said. It's right here in this chapter 25. Whatever you do to the least of my brethren, you do to me. So you begin. I begin. I picked up one person. Maybe if I didn't pick up that one person, I wouldn't have picked up 42,000. The whole work is only a drop in the ocean. But if I didn't put the drop in, the ocean would be one drop less. Same thing for you. Same thing in your family. Same thing in the church where you go. Just begin. This is Christ in distressing disguise. So Jesus said, we are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. This is how we let our light shine. So how is he asking you to let your light shine? We have to deny ourselves, otherwise we're so busy with our agenda and our stuff that we don't even see the people he wants us to serve. You know, he talked about people having eyes to see but not seeing, ears to hear but not hearing. So we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Jesus. We need to ask him, help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear. I've told you already as we've been going through this, I'm in a hurry. The person at Wegmans is checking everybody out too slow. And Jesus said, look at her. Pay attention to her. Being a person of the kingdom that day just meant being kind to a person that everybody else was being impatient with. Did it change the world? I doubt it. It wouldn't have amounted to a drop. You know, it might be a little molecule, you know. There's people he wants us to serve. So we're going to pray. You talk to him. How does he want you to serve? Some of you are serving. There's no room left in your life to serve anymore. You're serving clear to the very edges. I know this. But some of us, some of us aren't quite as good at seeing and hearing, and so our lives don't show the compassion of Jesus in the way he would like to show his compassion through us. 
So you talk to him. What we're going to do in a minute is something the board, the church board, has asked me to do. After we pray, the worship team is going to sing. So worship team, you can come up and start getting ready. But they're going to sing a song, and while they're singing, I want you to take one of those cards, those Get Connected cards, out of the seats in front of you, and I want you to put your name on the one side and turn it over, and then I want you, I would like for you, you don't have to, I know this, okay? I'm not telling you what you must do. You don't get to heaven by filling the card out, okay? I just want you to know that's not what this is about. This is about letting our light shine. I want you to write down anything, any skills, any abilities you have that Jesus could use to show compassion to other people. Maybe you're a great mechanic or a great plumber or do woodworking. Tell you what, if you need mechanical work done, don't call me unless you're hoping that I'll pay for it because you don't want me messing with your car. Okay? I don't have that, but some of you do. Others of you can cook. There's some of you? No. We have different abilities. Some of you are good at teaching. Some of you are good at counseling and comforting people. You have different, there are different things about you. I want you to write them down. And then at the bottom, at the very bottom, I would like for you to say, and I think that each month I probably could share my skills helping somebody this many hours. Now, some of you, quite honestly, you say, 30 minutes. Some of you, you're serving in so many places already. Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. You're, you just live a life of compassion all over the place. But this is to help us. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, uh, while they're singing, I want you to come up. It is okay to get up while they're singing. This is not a concert. It's okay for you to get up and come up. Some of you get up and go to the front when there's concerts anyway, you know. Got to have a mosh pit and all that kind of stuff. So you can come be the mosh pit today, okay? And put, so we're going to let these altars represent Jesus. And so you just put it up here say, Jesus, I'm giving, my, I'm giving my abilities to you. And then you can return to your seats. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are so gracious to us. You, you have sent a Savior to us who has brought the kingdom of heaven already. And you have given us ears to hear, eyes to see. We've received your grace, and we have repented, and we're following Jesus. And uh, we want you to help us see how to be a bright light in the darkness and pain and suffering and loneliness of this world. So show us, Father. Lead us. Help us to hear you, not just this morning, but all through the week. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.